Section two of Micrographia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Micrographia by Robert Hooke. Section two. The Preface. Part one. It is the great prerogative of mankind above other creatures that we are not only able to behold the works of nature, or barely to sustain our lives by them, but we have also the power of considering, comparing, altering, assisting, and improving them to various uses. And as this is the peculiar privilege of human nature in general, so it is capable of being so far advanced by the helps of art and experience, as to make some men excel others in their observations and deductions almost as much as they do beasts. By the addition of such artificial instruments and methods there may be in some manner a reparation made for the mischiefs and imperfection mankind has drawn upon itself, by negligence and intemperance, and a willful and superstitious deserting the prescripts and rules of nature, whereby every man, both from a derived corruption, innate and born with him, and from his inbreeding and converse with men, is very subject to slip into all sorts of errors. The only way which now remains for us to recover some degree of those former perfections seems to be by rectifying the operations of the sense, the memory, and reason, since upon the evidence the strength, the integrity, and the right correspondence of all these, all the light, by which our actions are to be guided is to be renewed, and all our command over things is to be established. It is therefore most worthy of our consideration to recollect their several defects, so that we may the better understand how to supply them, and by what assistances we may enlarge their power and secure them in performing their particular duties. As for the actions of our senses, we cannot but observe them to be in many particulars much outdone by those of other creatures, and when at best to be far short of the perfection they seem capable of. And these infirmities of the senses arise from a double cause, either from the disproportion of the object to the organ, whereby an infinite number of things can never enter into them, or else from error in the perception, that many things which come within their reach are not received in a right manner. The like frailties are to be found in the memory. We often let many things slip away from us which deserve to be retained, and of those which we treasure up a great part is either frivolous or false, and if good and substantial, either in tract of time obliterated, or at best so overwhelmed and buried under more frothy notions, that when there is need of them they are in vain sought for. The two main foundations being so deceivable, it is no wonder that all the succeeding works which we build upon them, of arguing, concluding, defining, judging, and all the other degrees of reason, are liable to the same imperfection, being at best either vain or uncertain so that the errors of the understanding are answerable to the two other, being defective both in the quantity and goodness of its knowledge. For the limits to which our thoughts are confined are small in respect of the vast extent of nature itself. Some parts of it are too large to be comprehended, and some too little to be perceived. And from thence it must follow that not having a full sensation of the object, we must be very lame and imperfect in our conceptions about it, and in all the proportions which we build upon it. Hence we often take the shadow of things for the substance, small appearances for good similitudes, similitudes for definitions, and even many of those which we think to be the most solid definitions, are rather expressions of our own misguided apprehensions than of the true nature of the things themselves. 
The effects of these imperfections manifested in different ways according to the temper and disposition of the several minds of men. Some they inclined to gross ignorance and stupidity, and others to a presumptuous imposing on other men's opinions, and a confident dogmatizing on matters whereof there is no assurance to be given. Thus all the uncertainty and mistakes of human actions proceed either from the narrowness and wandering of our senses, from the slipperiness or delusion of our memory, from the confinement or rashness of our understanding, so that tis no wonder that our power over natural causes and effects is so slowly improved, seeing we are not only to contend with the obscurity and difficulty of the things whereon we work and think, but even the forces of our own minds conspire to betray us. These being the dangers in the process of human reason, the remedies of them all can only proceed from the real, the mechanical, the experimental philosophy, which has this advantage over the philosophy of discourse and disputation, that whereas that chiefly aims at the subtlety of its deductions and conclusions without much regard to the first groundwork, which ought to be well laid on the sense and memory, so this intends the right ordering of them all, and the making them serviceable to each other. The first thing to be undertaken in this weighty work is a watchfulness over the failings and an enlargement of the dominion of the senses, to which end it is requisite, first, that there should be a scrupulous choice and a strict examination of the reality, constancy, and certainty of particulars that we admit. This is the first rise whereon truth is to begin, and here the most severe and most impartial diligence must be employed. The storing up of all without any regard to evidence or use will only tend to darkness and confusion. We must not therefore esteem the riches of our philosophical treasure by the number only, but chiefly by the weight. The most vulgar instances are not to be neglected, but above all the most instructive are to be entertained. The footsteps of nature are to be traced, not only in her ordinary course, but when she seems to be put to her shifts to make many doublings and turnings, and to use some kind of art in endeavouring to avoid our discovery. The next care to be taken, in respect of the senses, is a supplying of their infirmities with instruments, and, as it were, the adding of artificial organs to the natural. This in one of them has been of late years accomplished with prodigious benefit to all sorts of useful knowledge, by the invention of optical glasses. By the means of telescopes there is nothing so far distant but may be represented to our view, and by the help of microscopes there is nothing so small as to escape our inquiry. Hence there is a new visible world, discovered to the understanding. By this means the heavens are opened and a vast number of new stars and new motions and new productions appear in them, to which all the ancient astronomers were utterly strangers. By this the earth itself, which lies so near us, under our feet, shows quite a new thing to us and in every little particle of its matter. We now behold almost as great a variety of creatures as we were able before to reckon up in the whole universe itself. It seems not improbable but that by these helps the subtlety of the composition of bodies, the structures of their parts, the various textures of their matter, the instruments and manner of their inward motions, and all the other possible appearances of things may come to be more fully discovered all which the ancient peripatetics were content to comprehend in two general and unless further explained useless words of matter and form, from whence there may arise many admirable advantages towards the increase of the operative, and the mechanic knowledge to which this age seems so much inclined, because we may perhaps be enabled to discern all the secret workings of nature almost in the same manner 
as we do those that are the production of art and are managed by wheels and engines and springs that were devised by human wit in this kind i here present to the world my imperfect endeavours which though they shall prove no other way considerable yet i hope they may be in some measure useful to the main design of a reformation in philosophy if it be only by showing that there is not so much required towards it any strength of imagination or exactness of method or depth of contemplation though the addition of these where they can be had must needs produce a much more perfect composure as a sincere hand and a faithful eye to examine and to record the things themselves as they appear and i beg my reader to let me take the boldness to assure him that in this present condition of knowledge a man so qualified as i have endeavoured to be only with resolution and integrity and plain intentions of employing his senses aright may venture to compare the reality and the usefulness of his services towards the true philosophy with those of other men that are of much stronger and more acute speculations that shall not make use of the same method by the senses the truth is the science of nature has been already too long made only a work of the brain and the fancy it is now high time that it should return to the plainness and soundness of observations on material and obvious things it is said of great empires that the best way to preserve them from decay is to bring them back to the first principles and arts on which they did begin the same is undoubtedly true in philosophy that by wandering far away into invisible notions has almost quite destroyed itself and it can never be recovered or continued but by returning into the same sensible paths in which it did at first proceed if therefore the reader expects from me any infallible deductions or certainty of axioms i am to say for myself that these stronger works of wit and imagination are above my weak abilities or if they had not been so i would not have made use of them in this present subject before me whenever he finds that i have ventured at any small conjectures at the causes of the things that i have observed i beseech him to look upon them only as doubtful problems and uncertain guesses and not as unquestionable conclusions or matters of unconfutable science i have produced nothing here with intent to bind his understanding to an implicit consent i am so far from that that i desire him not absolutely to rely upon these observations of my eyes if he finds them contradicted by the future ocular experiments of other and impartial discoverers as for my part i have obtained my end if these my small labours shall be thought fit to take up some place in the large stock of natural observations which so many hands are busy in providing if i have contributed the meanest foundations whereon others may raise nobler superstructures i am abundantly satisfied and all my ambition is that i may serve to the great philosophers of this age as the makers and the grinders of my glasses did to me that i may prepare and furnish them with some materials which they may afterwards order and manage with better skill and to far greater advantage the next remedies in this universal cure of the mind are to be applied to the memory and they are to consist of such directions as may inform us what things are best to be stored up for our purpose and which is the best way of so disposing them that they may not only be kept in safety but ready and convenient to be at any time produced for use as occasion shall require but i will not here present myself in what i may say in another discourse wherein i shall make an attempt to propose some considerations of the manner of compiling a natural and artificial history and of so ranging and registering its particulars into philosophical tables 
as may make them most useful for the raising of axioms and theories. The last indeed is the most hazardous enterprise, and yet the most necessary, and that is to take such care that the judgment and the reason of man, which is the third faculty to be repaired and improved, should receive such assistance as to avoid the dangers to which it is by nature most subject. The imperfections which I have already mentioned, to which it is liable, do either belong to the extent or the goodness of its knowledge. And here the difficulty is the greater, least that which may be thought a remedy, for the one should prove destructive to the other, least by seeking to enlarge our knowledge, we should render it weak and uncertain, and least by being too scrupulous and exact about every circumstance of it, we should confine and straighten it too much. In both these the middle ways are to be taken. Nothing is to be omitted, and yet everything to pass a mature deliberation. No intelligence from men of all professions and quarters of the world to be slighted, and yet all to be so severely examined that there remain no room for doubt or instability, much rigor in admitting, much strictness in comparing, and above all much slowness in debating, and shyness in determining, is to be practiced. The understanding is to order all the inferior services of the lower faculties, but yet it is to do this only as a lawful master, and not a tyrant. It must not encroach upon their offices, nor take upon itself the employments which belong to either of them. It must watch the irregularities of the senses, but it must not go before them or prevent their information. It must examine, range, and dispose of the bank which it laid up in the memory, but it must be sure to make distinction between the sober and well-collected heap, and the extravagant ideas and mistaken images which there it may sometimes light upon. So many are the links upon which the true philosophy depends, of which, if any one be loose or weak, the whole chain is in danger of being dissolved. It is to begin with the hands and eyes, and to proceed on through the memory, to be continued by the reason, nor is it to stop there, but to come about to the hands and eyes again. And so, by a continual passage round from one faculty to another, it is to be maintained in life and strength. As much as the body of man is by the circulation of the blood through the several parts of the body, the arms, the feet, the lungs, the heart, and the head. If once this method were followed with diligence and attention, there is nothing that lies within the power of human wit, or which is far more effectual of human industry, which we might not compass. We might not only hope for inventions to equalize those of Copernicus, Galileo, Gilbert, Harvey and of others, whose names are almost lost, that were the inventors of gunpowder, the seaman's compass, printing, etching, graving, microscopes, etc., but multitudes that may far exceed them, for even those discoveries seem to have been the products of some such method, though but imperfect. What may not be therefore expected from it if thoroughly prosecuted? Talking and contention of arguments would soon be turned into labors. All the fine dreams of opinions and universal metaphysical natures which the luxury of subtle brains has devised would quickly vanish and give place to solid histories, experiments, and works, and, as at first, mankind fell by tasting of the forbidden tree of knowledge, so we, their posterity, may be in part restored by the same way, not only by beholding and contemplating, but by tasting, too, those fruits of natural knowledge that were never yet forbidden. From hence the world may be assisted with variety of inventions. 
new matters for sciences may be collected the old improved and their rust rubbed away and as it is by the benefit of the senses that we receive all our skill in the works of nature so they also may be wonderfully benefited by it and may be guided to an easier and more exact performance of their offices tis not unlikely but that we may find out wherein our senses are deficient and as easily find ways of repairing them the endeavours of skilful men have been most conversant about the assistance of the eye and many noble productions have followed upon it and from hence we may conclude that there is a way opened for advancing the operations not only of all the other senses but even of the eye itself that which has been already done ought not to content us but rather to encourage us to proceed further and to attempt greater things in the same and different ways tis not unlikely but that there may be yet invented several other helps for the eye at much exceeding those already found as those do the bare eye such as by which we may perhaps be able to discover living creatures in the moon or other planets the figures of the compounding particles of matter and the particular schematisms and textures of bodies and as glasses have highly promoted our seeing so tis not improbable but that there may be found many mechanical inventions to improve our other senses of hearing smelling tasting touching tis not impossible to hear a whisper of furlong's distance it having been already done and perhaps the nature of the thing would not make it more impossible though that furlong should be ten times multiplied and though some famous authors have affirmed it impossible to hear through the thinnest plate of muscovy glass yet i know a way by which tis easy enough to hear one speak through a wall a yard thick it has not been yet thoroughly examined how far otacousticons may be improved nor what other ways there may be of quickening our hearing or conveying sound through other bodies than the air for that that is not the only medium i can assure the reader that i have by help of a distended wire propagated the sound to a very considerable distance in an instant or with as seeming quick a motion as that of light at least incomparably swifter than that which at the same time was propagated through the air and this not only in a straight line or direct but in one bended in many angles nor are the other three so perfect but that diligence attention and many mechanical contrivances may also highly improve them for since the sense of smelling seems to be made by the swift passage of the air impregnated with the steams and effluvia of several odorous bodies through the grisly meanders of the nose whose surfaces are covered with a very sensible nerve and moistened by a transudation from the processus maximillaries of the brain and some adjoining glandules and by the moist steam of the lungs with a liquor convenient for the reception of those effluvia and by the adhesion and mixing of those steams with that liquor and thereby affecting the nerve or perhaps by insinuating themselves into the juices of the brain after the same manner as i have in the following observations intimated the parts of salt to pass through the skins of efts and frogs since i say smelling seems to be made by some such way tis not unprobable but that some contrivance for making a great quantity of air pass through the nose might at much promote the sense of smelling as the anyways hindering that passage does dull and destroy it several trials i have made both of hindering and promoting this sense and have succeeded in some according to expectation and indeed to me it seems capable of being improved for the judging of the constitutions of many bodies perhaps we may thereby also judge as other creatures seem to do what is wholesome 
what poison, and in a word what are the specific properties of bodies. There may be also some other mechanical ways found out of sensibly perceiving the effluvia of bodies, several instances of which, were it here proper, I could give of mineral streams and exhalations, and it seems not impossible but that by some such ways improved may be discovered what minerals lie buried under the earth without the trouble to dig for them. Some things to confirm this conjecture may be found in Agricola and other writers of minerals speaking of the vegetables that are apt to thrive or pine in these streams. Whether also these steams which seem to issue out of the earth and mix with the air and so to precipitate some aqueous exhalations wherewith tis impregnated, may not be by some way detected before they produce the effect, seems hard to determine. Yet something of this kind I am able to discover by an instrument I contrive to show all the minute variations in the pressure of the air, by which I constantly find that before enduring the time of rainy weather the pressure of the air is less, and in dry weather but especially when an eastern wind, which having passed over vast tracts of land is heavy with earthy particles, blows, it is much more though these changes are varied according to very odd laws. The instrument is this. I prepare a pretty capacious bolthead AB with a small stem about two foot and a half long DC. Upon the end of this, D, I put on a small bended glass, or brazen siphon, DEF, open at D, E, and F, but to be closed with cement at F and E as occasion serves whose stem F should be about six or eight inches long, but the bore of it not above half an inch diameter and very even. These I fix very strongly together by the help of very hard cement, and then fit the whole glass ABCDEF into a long board or frame in such manner that almost half the head AB may lie buried in a concave hemisphere cut into the board RS. Then I place it so on the board RS, as is expressed in the first figure of the first scheme, and fix it very firm and steady in that posture, so as that the weight of the mercury that is afterwards to be put into it may not in the least shake or stir it. Then drawing a line XY on the frame RT, so that it may divide the ball into two equal parts, or that it may pass, as twere, through the center of the ball, I begin from that and divide all the rest of the board towards UT into inches, and the inches between the twenty-five and the end E, which need not be above two or three and thirty inches distant from the line XY, I subdivide into decimals. Then stopping the end F with soft cement or soft wax, I invert the frame, placing the head downwards and the orifice E upwards, and by it with a small funnel I fill the whole glass with quicksilver. Then by stopping the small orifice E with my finger, I oftentimes erect and invert the whole glass and frame, and thereby free the quicksilver and glass from all the bubbles or parcels of lurking air. Then, inverting it as before, I fill it top full with clear and well-strained quicksilver, and having made ready a small ball of pretty hard cement, by heat made very soft, I press it into the whole E, and thereby stop it very fast. And to secure this cement from flying out afterwards, I bind over it a piece of leather that is spread over in the inside with cement and wound about it while the cement is hot. Having thus softened it, I gently erect again the glass after this manner. I first let the frame down edgeways till the edge RV touch the floor or lie horizontal. 
and then in that edging posture raise the end rs this i do that if there chance to be any air hidden in the small pipe e it may ascend into the pipe f and not into the pipe dc having thus erected it and hung it by the whole q or fixed it perpendicularly by any other means i open the end f and by a small siphon i draw out the mercury so long till i find the surface of it a b in the head to touch exactly the line x y at which time i immediately take away the siphon and if by chance it be run somewhat below the line x y by pouring in gently a little mercury at f i raise it again to its desired height by this contrivance i make all the sensible rising and falling of the mercury to be visible in the surface of the mercury in the pipe f and scarce any in the head a b but because there really is some small change of the upper surface also i find by several observations how much it rises in the ball and falls in the pipe f to make the distance between the two surfaces an inch greater than it was before and the measure that it falls in the pipe is the length of the inch by which i am to mark the parts of the tube f or the board on which it lies into inches and decimals having thus jussened and divided it i have a large wheel m n o p whose outmost limb is divided into two hundred equal parts this by certain small pillars is fixed on the frame r t in the manner expressed in the figure in the middle of this on the back side in a convenient frame is placed a small cylinder whose circumference is equal to twice the length of one of those divisions which i find answers to an inch of ascent or descent of mercury this cylinder i is movable on a very small needle on the end of which is fixed a very light index k l all which are so poised on the axis or needle that no part is heavier than another then about this cylinder is wound a small clue of silk with two small steel bullets at each end of it g h one of these which is somewhat the heavier ought to be so big as freely to move to and fro in the pipe f by means of which contrivance every the least variable of the height of the mercury will be made exceedingly visible by the motion to and fro of the small index k l but this is but one way of discovering the effluvia of the earth mixed with the air there may be perhaps many others witness the hygroscope an instrument whereby the watery steams volatile in the air are discerned which the nose itself is not able to find this i have described in the following tract in the description of the beard of a wild oat others there are may be discovered both by the nose and by other ways also thus the smoke of burning wood is smelt seen and sufficiently felt by the eyes the fumes of burning brimstone are smelt and discovered also by the destroying the colors of bodies as by the whitening of a red rose and who knows but that the industry of man following this method may find out ways of improving this sense to as yet a great degree of perfection as it is in any animal and perhaps yet higher tis not improbable also but that our taste may be very much improved either by preparing our taste for the body as after eating bitter things wine or other vinous liquors are more sensibly tasted or else by preparing bodies for our taste as the dissolving of metals with acid liquors makes them tasteable which were before altogether insipid thus lead becomes sweeter than sugar and silver more bitter than gall copper and iron of most loathsome tastes and indeed the business of this sense being to discover the presence of dissolved bodies in liquors put on the tongue 
or in general to discover that a fluid body has some solid body dissolved in it and what they are whatever contrivances makes this discovery improves this sense in this kind the mixtures of chemical liquors afford many instances as the sweet vinegar that is impregnated with lead may be discovered to be so by the effusion of a little of an alkalizate solution the bitter liquor of aquafortis and silver may be discovered to be charged with that metal by laying it in some plates of copper tis not improbable also but there may be multitudes of other ways of discovering the parts of dissolved or dissoluble in liquors and what is this discovery but a kind of secondary tasting tis not improbable also but that the sense of feeling may be highly improved for that being a sense that judges of the more gross and robust motions of the particles of bodies seems capable of being improved and assisted in very many ways thus for the distinguishing of heat and cold the weather-glass and thermometer which i have described in this following treatise do exceedingly perfect it by each of which the least variations of heat or cold which the most acute sense is not able to distinguish are manifested this is oftentimes further promoted also by the help of burning glasses and the like which collect and unite the radiating heat thus the roughness and smoothness of a body is made much more sensible by the help of a microscope than by the most tender and delicate hand perhaps a physician might by several other tangible properties discover the constitution of a body as well as by the pulse i do but instance in these to show what possibility there may be of finding others and what probability and hopes there were of finding them if this method were followed for the offices of the five senses being to detect either the subtle and curious motions propagated through all pellucid or perfectly homogeneous bodies or the more gross and vibrative pulse communicated through the air and all other convenient mediums whether fluid or solid or the effluvia of bodies dissolved in the air or the particles of bodies dissolved or dissoluble in liquors or the more quick and violent shaking motion of heat in all or any of these whatsoever does any ways promote any of these kinds of criteria does afford a way of improving with some one sense and what a multitude of these would a diligent man meet with in his inquiries and this for the helping and promoting the sensitive faculty only next as for the memory or retentive faculty we may be sufficiently instructed from the written histories of civil actions what great assistance may be afforded the memory in the committing to writing things observable in natural operations if a physician be therefore accounted the more able in his faculty because he has had long experience in practice the remembrance of which though perhaps very imperfect does regulate all his after actions what ought to be thought of that man that has not only a perfect register of his own experience but it grown old with the experience of many hundreds of years and many thousands of men and though of late men beginning to be sensible of this convenience have here and there registered and printed some few centuries yet for the most part they are set down very lamely and imperfectly and i fear many times not so truly they seeming several of them to be designed more for ostentation than public use for not to an instance that they do for the most part omit those experience they have made wherein their patients have miscarried it is very easy to be perceived that they do all along hyperbolically extol their own prescriptions and vilify those of others notwithstanding all which these kinds of histories are generally esteemed useful even to the ablest physician what may not be expected from the rational or deductive faculty that is furnished with such materials and those so readily adapted and ranged for use that in a moment as twere 
thousands of instances serving for the illustration determination or invention of almost any inquiry may be represented even to the sight how near the nature of axioms must all those propositions be which are examined before so many witnesses and how difficult will it be for any though never so subtle an error in philosophy to escape from being discovered after it has endured the touch and so many other trials what kind of mechanical way and physical invention also is there required that might not this way be found out the invention of a way to find the longitude of places is easily performed and that to as great perfection as is desired or to at great an accurateness as the latitude of places can be found at sea and perhaps yet also to a greater certainty than that has been hitherto found as i shall very speedily freely manifest to the world the way of flying in the air seems principally unpracticable by reason of the want of strength in human muscles if therefore that could be supplied it were i think easy to make twenty contrivances to perform the offices of wings what attempts also i have made for the supplying of that defect and my successes therein which i think are wholly new and not inconsiderable i shall in another place relate tis not unlikely also but that the chemists if they follow this method might find out they're so much sought after for alkaheist what a universal menstruum which dissolves all sorts of sulphurous bodies i have discovered which hath not been before taking notice of as such i have shown in the sixteenth observation what a prodigious variety of inventions in anatomy has this latter age afforded even in our own bodies in the very heart by which we live and the brain which is the seat of our knowledge of other things witness all the excellent works of piquet bartholinus bilius and many others and at home of dr harvey dr ent dr willis dr glisson in celestial observations we have far exceeded all the ancients even the chaldeans and egyptians themselves whose vast plains high towers and clear air did not give them so great advantages over us as have over them by our glasses by the help of which they have been very much outdone by the famous galileo helvellius zulichum and our own countryman mr rook dr wren and the great ornament of our church and nation the lord bishop of exeter and to say no more in aerial discoveries there has been a wonderful progress made by the noble engine of the most illustrious mr boyle whom it becomes me to mention with all honour not only as my particular patron but as the patron of philosophy itself which he every day increases by his labours and adorns by his example the good success of all these great men and many others and the now seeming great obviousness of most of their and divers other inventions which were from the beginning of the world have been as twere trod on and not yet minded till the last inquisitive ages an argument that there may be yet behind multitudes of the like puts me in mind to recommend such studies and the prosecution of them by such methods to the gentlemen of our nation whose leisure makes them fit to undertake and the plenty of their fortunes to accomplish extraordinary things in this way and i do not only propose this kind of experimental philosophy as matter of high rapture and delight of the mind but even as a material and sensible pleasure so vast is the variety of objects which will come under their inflections so many different ways there are of handling them so great is the satisfaction of finding out new things that i dare compare the contentment which they will enjoy not only to that of contemplation but even to that which most men prefer of the very senses themselves 
and if they will please to take any encouragement from so mean and so imperfect endeavors as mine upon my own experience, I can assure them without arrogance that there has not been any inquiry or problem in mechanics that I have hitherto propounded to myself, but by a certain method, which I may on some other opportunity explain. I have been able presently to examine the possibility of it, and if so, as easy to excogitate divers ways of performing it. And indeed it is possible to do as much by this method in mechanics as by algebra can be performed in geometry. Nor can I at all doubt but that the same method is as applicable to physical inquiries and is likely to find and reap thence a plentiful crop of inventions, and indeed there seems to be no subject so barren but may with this good husbandry be highly improved. End of section 2. Recording by Philip Gould.